0: hello and welcome to the autumn term of speaking about speaking yay (laughs) Um, it's so strange to be back after such a long break over the summer uh and and as you can see i have with me here the lovely adi saunders hi adi
1: hi everybody hi jackie thank you for having me
0: you are more than welcome yes you've been on my list for a long time (laughs) yeah looking forward to talking to you so Without any further ado, considering it's, you know, we have started, and actually, I always feel quite embarrassed that I'm going to be caught dancing along to the countdown music when it suddenly goes live, uh, but I think I managed to control myself, but very excited to be back. So, ad you were just saying to me that you liked what I put together for the introduction for, for LinkedIn, so I, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to introduce you. So, thank you. ad is founder and director of Yes You Can Training and uh, which provides learner-based and practical public speaking and confidence training programs to small and medium-sized companies. Uh, And the first line of your website, which I was very impressed, says it all. It says, every time you speak and there is someone listening, it is public speaking, which is so, so true. And people don't realize that, do they? They kind of think, oh, no, public speaking is in front of an audience. But every time you speak and someone's listening, that's it. Uh, She works mainly in, uh, sorry, that threw me because I was going to say, AD, you, AD, work mainly with female leaders in a male-dominated business environment to enhance their communication skills so they can make themselves heard. And that's obviously, you know, that's something that is really, uh, needs addressing in lots of spaces, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely.
0: But your background is in team gymnastics, Achieving a world and European championship championship medals, which is amazing, amazing, and we will definitely dig a little bit deeper into that because I'd love to know a little bit more about that because I think your sporting skills uh, led to success in a business career, uh, which you now share with your with professionals to help them reach their full potential. And so maybe let's start there. Yeah. What? How? Did, first of all, how did you become? How did you get into that world? Was it something that you 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 did from a from a child?
1: Yes, Um, as as people who know me will testify, including my mom and dad, my whole family, and my husband, I am a a fidget in the best sense of the world. Words. Um, I I never sit still. I was full of energy as a child, and a family, uh, a family friend was involved in gymnastics, in, in classic gymnastics. And they said, oh, I think Katie should try gymnastics. I, I think she will love it. And and I loved it from, from the moment my mom took me to, to the gymnastic hall. I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, m- my mom, not that much because she was always worried for me. It's quite a scary sport from the outside but from the inside when you're a child it's fun it's filled with fun it's never boring and i i never people often ask me were you not afraid of injuries and falling well the first thing you learn is how to fall which by the way came very handy <laughs> Later in my life and career, and and um, when I face challenges, when you learn how to fall in every sense of the word, you know how to how to bounce back. So, as a child, I did classic gymnastics, and it's only yeah. later on that I went back to team gymnastics, also known as aerobic gymnastics.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I love that, that that learning you know how to fall is is. The- great for every area of your life i mean that's that's just an uh, an amazing thing to even that to take away Um, so why (laughs) did you is was it because then were you doing high up stuff what what was it that your mother was so afraid of
1: well you do a lot of jumps you you're on different um um disciplines the beam the the bars it is quite scary from the outside and and when i watch um sports one of my hobbies is still to watch sports including gymnastics and when i watch gymnastics with with people they are shocked and often very afraid of even watching these amazing jumps and feats and and i just know that everything is 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 learnable all the turns all the flips every movement is part of a series of small movements which again if we talk about what i teach that's what i teach we don't start with the big stuff we just start with the small with the smallest step possible
0: yeah
1: because yeah. that's how you build up movement that's how you build up skills that's how you learn yeah and therefore it's not scary yeah
0: I- I mean, I did. We would just uh, mentioned before we we came on air about the fact that I've been teaching the the stunt performers this last week, teaching them how to exactly. act. And you know, in the room with us, there there were there were gymnasts, there were world champion gymnasts, martial arts guys. You know, and they'd they'd all had the discipline of a, a sports background. You know, whether it's teamwork, yes. whether it's just being fit, looking at learning how to fall, learning you know yes. all of all of those skills. And when they arrived on the Monday morning. They were not very confident at all at what the week was about to bring. Oh. But again, baby steps, because they could they none of those could they couldn't keep still either. You know, that's why they do what they do, is because you know they can't sit on a chair for longer yes. than 10 minutes. Um, but baby steps, baby steps, by the end yeah. of the week, they'd bought all of and and I and I said to 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 every single cohort that we've had so far, it's because of that sporting background, I think, that they come. To the five-day intensive course we do with them, with so much discipline that, yes. that they are they their streets ahead of any you know anybody that wants to to become an actor or whatever. It's because they they know how to how to commit, how to be committed.
1: Yes, I I believe that's that's quite true. Uh, commitment, discipline, focus is something you. You learn in sports and and by the way in the military as well i often work with ex-military personnel and we right away we find that common language because we fall back on on that discipline and and quite regimented life especially if you if you're an athlete at a high level your life is 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 very regimented and um it's something that is learnable again it's a learnable skill people often say I'm just not very disciplined well yes and no it's not something that we got we are given at birth this is something that you learn and why because there is a worthy goal that's how we learn discipline and for athletes that carrot if you like is the gold medal but we all have that carrot in front of us we we can all find that goal which makes us disciplined and if you've got discipline and repetition honestly that's how champions are made
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely and yeah all the all the guys that have been through the the acting course have come out champions in in that as well I mean just uh, amazing so tell me about the transition then you that that you've made where did that come about I assume you were you were doing the gymnastics in uh it's is it, where are you is it from hung, hungary
1: yes i am originally from hungary um albeit i had a very um varied upbringing and without going into too much detail so i did gymnastics when i was a kid a child and then mom and dad um, worked abroad my mom's uh, my dad's an engineer so i was raised partly in algeria and vietnam and spend the summers at home. So there was a hiatus, if you like, when I didn't do gymnastics, and I only went back to it um, when I was in my teenage years. And then came the, the success and, and the traveling and the international medals. So by the time I got to my 20, 20s, mid 20s, it, it was time to retire. And as every athlete, I went down the route of becoming an international judge, and a trainer but i also by that time i started to to build up my career and started to work for for corporates and very quickly i find myself in leadership the 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 second job i had was leading a team of 18 and people were saying how and I, I didn't think anything of it. I, I said, what do you mean how? This is what I wanted. Um, that was my goal. So here I am. And in that sense, I had a, a very smooth transition, if you like. I did not encounter what athletes often encounter, which is coming out of, of that very regimented world and not finding themselves because I started to transition um, Quite early and I also studied so part of the discipline for me was that I studied economics um, I studied languages whilst I was still competing so everything was prepared when 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 I had to say goodbye um, to the stage which still makes me cry so if I <laughs> if I if I think of um, not being able to compete or if I watch sports and I see champions being made ah, I mean, I always cry because of that (laughs) feeling of how much it means. Uh, You can really relate to that. Um, So then, yes, I found myself in leadership. And um, again, I quickly started to realize that, that everything I've learned in sports came handy, meaning not only the discipline, but different levels of intricacies, games. Uh, power games, getting what you want, putting your um, voice out there. I am quite small. You met me. I'm small. I'm blonde. I'm kind. I am smiley. So I often got put into a box which I did not belong to. That box being, oh, Adrian, you don't need to worry about her. She's kind. She's petite. She's she's not going to put up a fight. I. I I did and do consider myself as a lion, so that box did not belong, and and it, it often surprised people. So I had skills, I had ambition, and I had empathy. I, I had a great ability to understand people, and I absolutely loved leadership, loved it.
0: Yeah. Well, um, yeah, a lion certainly. I can imagine you not not fitting into that box at all, no. at all. No. No, But um, <laughs> anybody out there listening, do if you've got any questions for either of us or want to just say hi, then then just pop something in the comments because we'd love to hear from you. Love yes. to hear from you. So, so ady how then was it uh, through leadership that you got into the communication game?
1: Yes, I having having been in leadership for a few years, I was of course competitive and I loved targets and KPIs. I excelled in, in that type of setup. Um, but after a while, I started to realize that that albeit that was exciting, that did not fulfill me. What, what I started to see was making me happy is creating teams where everybody knew their place and where everybody was confident and happy which meant that as a leader, I could step back because everybody in the team carried on, which meant that I, I became an expert in bringing up teams in distress into high performance. And that's what I started to, to do. Every two to two and a half years, I would change industries and positions and I would take on a team that was in absolute distress and lovingly caringly by sharing techniques and and communicating and coaching and nurturing them I would bring them up to high performance and and then I would take on the next team so really by by this time i'm um, I'm not even considering this as leadership but but coaching and mentoring through communication and through being bringing out the best in people because because if people are happy and confident the leader has got a very easy job and therefore organizations are excelling because there's no there's less conflict um, targets would be achieved there's a common sense of goals um the the team the team's ambition is to do well because the individuals are well and I think that's magical so so that's how I started to to shift into into communication and coaching
0: yeah and and then when did the uh leaving all behind to start your own business when did that come about
1: so after I would say about 12, 12, 13 years in the in in lead in corporate leadership, I started to feel that maybe maybe I wanted to find an area where I can do more and I can be myself more. I started to feel that the corporate setup setup wasn't wasn't in, enough for me. Maybe it was too frameworked and. I put it out there into the world that I wanted to concentrate on on doing training only so I went to the master trainer institute in Switzerland and became a master trainer but I still needed official experience although everything that I did before was training and coaching but it was under the the umbrella term of leadership so then I started to Um, work for a startup a training startup organization which I absolutely loved and I got some experience under my belt after about three years first of all I started to feel that I was ready to to run my own business but also I started to feel and I often talk about this in my in my um, talks I started to feel burnt out and now I teach signs of of burnout but it caught me it caught me out i was traveling up to london often i was flying to um europe to deliver a training coming back jumping on the train doing something else the next day next day the competitiveness and the ambition um was stronger than than my ability to see the signs so i got very close to burnouts but not close enough and then I knew that was the time. And that's when I set up my own company and started to concentrate on, on building up from scratch, which was nine months before COVID. And did I have a, a worldwide pandemic in my first year of, of budgeting? Let me think. <laughs> no. <laughs> but nothing's impossible and businesses have to be resilient. People and businesses have to be resilient. And four years on, I I, I am very happy to say that the, the business is exactly where I, I thought it should be by this time.
0: Good, good. Yeah, we, we were all a bit shocked by that, really.
1: Won't we just?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you we were all a bit wasn't completely. it, really? Sorry? Met, we, it's where we met during, during we the met. pandemic. Yes. Although I think we were networking in the same spaces before yes. lockdown. Yes, we were. So, yeah. So did you find did you find the teams that you were working with different after lockdown was it did you notice a difference in the way people were communicating
1: um, yes I would say definitely different uh, it's a very interesting question first of all the fact that we are able to do stuff online now I welcome that because. As a person who works with with women in stem industries it allows me to bring women together within an organization who previously would not have been in the same geographical space so in the olden days when we when we only did training in training rooms you'd have to fly people in get people in it would be a bigger budget and sometimes that wasn't possible and therefore women often didn't even know each other so from my point of view I definitely welcome the ability to bring people together through um, virtual setups and and be able to connect them and and deliver training. In terms of communication, um, so, so, so many people now I train for public speaking and presenting and being on stage and they are having to relearn what it means to stand in front of people. Because it's so easy and it's something that I am always sort of fighting against. It's so easy to switch off your camera and just be. And big meetings often go with people not being on camera. Smaller meetings, one-to-ones with that camera on, it it removes trust and and people are having to relearn that it's possible but I can definitely feel that I don't know do you feel that that way what differences did you notice
0: uh yeah no the 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 not having the camera on is is a, a strange one you know I in beginning of lockdown before I really started the public speaking side of my business I was running improvisation and Sort of acting workshops, which made it very difficult if people didn't put their camera on. And in fact, I, I almost had to insist, you know, if yes. you're here. And I and I suppose I was lucky in that I was working with people that were quite happy to to put yes. themselves forward. So it was quite strange when I started doing the business networking or started coaching online or being part of, uh, of sort of doing presentations. It, it, yeah, it's very disconcerting to to be faced with a with a wall of of you know blank you know blank squares squares uh, yes, yeah yeah and it and you you're not sure especially if you're doing a presentation to a group and half of the group haven't got their cameras on you have no idea whether what you're saying is landing whether they're yes. they're listening whether they're interested yes So um, yeah at least if you are if you're in a space and you're in front of an audience whether that's you know yes. people around a board boardroom table whether it's you know, on a stage, whether it's just in a training room, wherever you might be, at least you get some kind of feedback. Yeah. And there's nothing worse. And this is why I think people have have difficulties presenting in a Zoom room is because if they can't engage, if they can't get that kind of feedback, then it just makes their presentation it brings the energy down doesn't it it really just that's that's what you can feel is that people aren't kind of getting the the energy from the from the audience to actually you know deliver an energetic engaging presentation
1: absolutely it's I mean I often say that you know you said the, the first sentence on my on my Um, website says if you are speaking and there's someone listening it is public speaking absolutely but also I often say public speaking presenting um, is a performance Mm. whether we (laughs) want it or not if you want to do it well if you want to have impact if you want to have engagement if you want to be listened to and who doesn't who is there anyone who would speak be that one thing to to be Absolutely. listening to. Yeah. if you're doing all of those things, it means that you have to put in a performance. You have to plan for it. You have to plan your your um, punchlines, your taglines, your your main points. And I, I believe this is where people um, struggle. They think, well, I'm just going to flip up the, the laptop. I'm go- I've got a presentation that I used before. I sort of know what I'm talking about and I'm going to deliver it and that's fine as well but then they might not get the impact that they want to and my experience is that people do want the impact
0: yeah of course
1: and that comes with hard work
0: yeah yeah and then you know I'd I do the three B's, which is believe, breathe and be prepared. And it's, it's amazing how many people are not prepared, you know, they, they, because it, it makes them uncomfortable and it's like, well, if you want to, if you actually want to make that impact, you have to get into that uncomfortable place. And, you know, I was listening to um, Steve Bartlett, uh, his audio book of Diary of a CEO. And he said, do what frightens you most as often as you can. Yes. And that's the point. Is just put yourself in that in that uncomfortable position. Yes. Feel it. Go with it, and then do it again. You know, yes. and keep doing it because that's that's when you really really improve. That's where you grow. Um, so that's that's what's important. And actually, the, the stunt guys that I was have been working with. Part of what we do with them is not just about the acting. But we we get them to do like a, a sixty second elevator pitch.
1: Yes. These
0: these guys have got, you know, they were world champions in the room. They were, they were, they had, you know, they'd worked on Black Widow, they'd worked on the Marvel films, they'd they'd been, you know, an orc in Lord of the Rings. You know, yes. there was some amazing stuff in the room. And yet on the Monday morning when we said, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, they they mentioned none of that. They had no idea how to pr- confidently present themselves. So through the week, as well as the acting, they learn how to speak. You know, if they were in a room with people that were going to be influential, they knew from the feedback they were getting in the room. And they only know that from from saying it out loud, that then they got the feedback from other people in the room saying, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Don't forget to mention that. Make sure you you bring that one up. Because we so often don't realize the the value we have in our own experience. You know, and and, unless you say it out loud and let people hear you, then you don't know that. So that's, you know, really, really need to practice that. Um, We've had a comment from the lovely Tricia Lewis. Oh! Who, who I'm going to put this on the screen, but it's quite a big one. Presenting to a screen of blank squares online is an out-of-body experience. It requires a lot of imagination. I conjure up a picture of a real group of people But that is easier said than done. Absolutely, Tricia. Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: And Um, thank you. Thank you for being here. Yes. Yeah. So so let's talk about then putting people on a stage, because I know that you did as Tricia has done a TEDx talk, but you have been somebody that's helped people with their TEDx talks in in a TEDx space. So I know you did TEDx at Southampton. Was that before lockdown or after?
1: It was just. It was just after.
0: Just after we were yeah.
1: already let out. I remember that um, the practice runs we were still wearing masks. So it was as we were coming out of COVID, and um, working with speakers is something I love. Most of most of the people I work with in the public speaking space uh, would be, and I often say this to them: "You are a seasoned, mature presenter. We are. I'm not here to." to start with the what we would call the basics we're yeah. here to take it up to the next level everyone in a in a tedx final is is a fantastic speaker but it's working working with the small detail it's i'm i am fascinated by words the choice of words yeah. makes a talk um so we would get lost in in the choice of words and Interestingly enough, one of the first, so there's two things I, I I start with. One is introduction, which is something you've already mentioned. Even people at high level, even seasoned presenters, when you say to them, so who are you? It's often a name and a position, even yeah. at, at high level. And I'm like, you're more than that. That's that's not who you are. That's just a name and a position. Who are you? What do you love doing? what do you care about what's what's a funny statement about you how do you draw in your authority establish your credibility why are you the person who is talking to us so that's one of the things I would start with and then ultimately my next question is what's your main point and that always catches people out and and with without a concise main point what I call tagline there's no talk yeah there's then it's just a, a, a string of words. So that's what we would work on. This is this is where we started with the the, the most amazing TEDx speakers. Yes, we started yeah. with introductions and main points or tagline.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. I mean, yeah, I I love working with people that have a story to tell they have an idea that they yes. want to get out there and then you have to craft that ah. into, into that sort of 20 minutes uh, and, and yes. Trisha will know exactly how, how that feels to to be able to, to, to fit everything you want to say into that, that nice little compact uh, amount of time because so often People, you know, you say to them, you've got to talk for 20 minutes. And they'll go, oh, God, no, I can't, I can't. But actually, they could easily talk for 20 minutes. They could talk for yes. an hour if you let them. Yes.
1: So, yes,
0: yeah, if they're talking about what they love. So, it's yes. really distilling it and finding finding the gold in what it is that they have to do, uh-huh. they have to say that's, that's really going to engage the audience, entertain yes. them, and get them to remember that, yes. that one point, that point that you need them to take away
1: exactly and if if the if the speaker cannot tell you that one point in a very concise manner then the audience won't be able to so this is where everything starts and and that goes back to to what you said about was it Stephen Bartlett um who who said you know go there do do the thing that scares you the most which is Facing the fact that, oh, okay, maybe I've got a few thoughts here, but actually, do I know what I really want?
0: Yeah. What's the point?
1: What's the point? What do <laughs> I want? Yes. Yeah.
0: It is that for me, it's it's like, a, why should your audience care?
1: Yes. Yes. It, it,
0: it's it's about them, isn't it? It's about the audience. It's about saying yes. to them, you know, actually getting that point across. I have to say, we've done thirty minutes already, Ad. I'm just gobsmacked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. He's i are getting into it. <laughs> you're just getting me excited. I yeah. could now talk for another hour. So, uh, <laughs> How uh, yeah, Trisha's saying the discipline of a time constraint is painfully beautiful. I love that.
1: I love everything that you say. I, I was going to say, wasn't it Aristotle who said, um, you know, making the complex simple is, is the biggest art form? And I couldn't agree more
0: absolutely
1: distilling distilling the meaning of of what you want to say is is the is the it's it's beautiful it's beautiful
0: absolutely Absolutely.
1: oh uh, oh, lovely lovely to see you you're here someone Uh, um, someone whom i worked with Oh, so nice to see you. She,
0: uh, bring that inner confident work. If you want to grow from where you are now to where you want to be in the future, it's scary, but anything worth having is scary. I highly recommend connecting with AD. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, I'm going to show all your details uh, soon. But as we have run out of time, and apologies, we yes. will run over slightly because I want to ask you, AD, yes. what, in your opinion, makes a good speaker good and a bad speaker suck? <laughs>
1: Okay, tough question. Um, I'm gonna start with the bad speaker, um, which I I wouldn't call anyone a bad speaker to start with. This is never a label I I would assign. I would say there are speakers who prepare and have clarity of thoughts and they will excel. They will be the ones who have an impact. And then there are speakers who have an idea of what they want to say, but they might not have prepared or they might not have known how to prepare for an impactful uh, speaking um, event. And therefore they might lose the audience. They might not engage. They might not leave an impact. And that for me is a a lost opportunity, not a bad speaker, but a lost opportunity.
0: A lost opportunity. Absolutely. That's just what I was going to say. Well, Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to put up your... Uh, so this is your website, yyctraining.com. This is where yes. people can come and check out exactly what you, you do. Uh, and this is your Instagram, which is obviously the place that you like to hang out most, I yes. think. So <laughs> is, exactly. is there anything anything else, anywhere else, that, that you'd like people to come and find you? or?
1: These are my main platforms, my website and, and Instagram. I often share tips and... and, and um, um elements of of my life and what I do so yes that's that's my space if you like and Brilliant. thank you so much for having me you and also welcome. I think you've got frida Kahlo be, behind you on that, on that pillow. <laughs> got my pillow I was wearing a frida Kahlo t-shirt all day today and I changed last minute I should have kept uh, it on
0: I've got a couple ah. of pictures I've got a couple of pictures up there as well oh,
1: yes sure.
0: I do I do love her work I, love I do love her, her work too. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for being here. We have got. I think there's another comment here. Let me just double, double check. Oh, oh Nicola. Nic- yeah. Thank you, Nicola, for being here too. I'm just going to put my website up here. If anybody needs to get hold of me or would like to speak to me about anything, uh, then that that's uh, fabulous. Next week, I'm here with the. Awesome Mark Schaefer, who I cannot believe has agreed to come onto my live. So I'm really, really excited about that. So thank you very much to Mark for agreeing to that. But, AD, thank you so much for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, and if any of you guys out there are watching on the replay, then AD and myself are both happy to answer any questions that you might want to put in the comments below. So thank you again, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.